Rabbi a good morning, a good Erev Shabbos Kodesh. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshish Kiseitze, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Yud Gimel Elul, Tavshin Pei Beis. And um, there's no way that I can't uh, also speak about the Gavaldikas Chus that we had last night of the Chasna of our grandson, Yona. Yona the Bechor of our Bechor, Reb Bear and our daughter-in-law, Nechama, Nechama Dina, and uh, all I can say is I really want to express our Givaldika Hakaris Hatayv to the Rabbanu Shalom, and to be Mefarsim the Ness, to Mefarsim the great great Ness. When we take a look, we shouldn't, we don't take anything for granted. We realize that it's a it's a Shevach and Hadoya to the Rabbanu Shalom that the Rabbanu Shalom is Mezakas to such a Givaldika Simcha. We ask that the Rabbanu should send this bracha to all of our friends, to all of our mishpacha, to all of our talmidim, that they should also be zoichet to lada simchas, we should be zoichet to share in simchas, ad esrim shana, with a lot of gezunt, as the famous Yiddish word is, mizol zoichet to tanzen by the chasnas of the enikol mit beidafis, we should be zoichet to be able to dance by the chasnas of the grandchildren, and even great-grandchildren with both feet, with healthy feet. So I really want to really express our tremendous simcha and tremendous nachas, and it really was a great simcha, and it was very lebedic. And uh, what can I say, really, that we really want to express this to the to the oilam, that it's really a matana from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and it's like a carbon toida, carbon toida, you know, we bring a lot of lechem, and we spread it out because we want to share it with the oilam. So... Another way that we can express our hakaras hatayv is to speak a little bit about the parsha, and I was thinking to speak a little bit about the parsha in the light of simchas chasim v'kala because there are many many ramaz and many many hints and many many almost before shabbosukim. It's very interesting the parsha's kizaitze, which we're all familiar with as being the 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 um, parsha which speaks about a lot of going into battle and the ben soyrimayru. We'll speak a little bit about that as well. But the, um, you know, we speak a little bit about the Mechemes Hayetzer. We're going to try to not necessarily touch on that. And we're going to speak a little bit about some other Pesukim, which we find in this week's parasha. One Pesuk, which is a remez, is the Pesuk of Kisiv Nebayis Chodesh. When a person builds a new house, simple understanding of building a new house is building a regular new house. But we will take the Medrashic look at it. When I say Medrashic, the Drash Look at it, when a person builds a new house, and you should make a fence for the gag, for the roof. Simple understanding is, when a person builds a house, he has to make sure that it shouldn't be any dangerous places on the roof. A person goes on the roof, and there's no fence around the roof, then a person could fall, and the Pasuk says, you shouldn't place the domim, the domim of, of dam, a person can fall over from it. Yeah, just to start off for a second by just saying I heard today from a friend of mine, Reb Shmuel Rosenfeld, he mentioned that he heard from the Talon Rebbe last night who said that he was once by Reb Chaim Kanievsky and they were discussing the sugya of, of Maka and Reb Chaim, and it seems that the Reb Dayan Basha Wise turned to Reb Chaim and he said he saw brought down that the Maka is a Dvar Mitzvah, 
it's a Dvar Mitzvah, and therefore a person is not allowed to mevaz it, so therefore you're not allowed to sit in the market. And Reb Chaim chuckled, Reb Chaim said, Mestama, it is true. It's considered a Maisa Mitzvah, and you shouldn't mevaz it. So it's interesting that I don't know if Reb Chaim passing like that, Lamaisa, but definitely the concept that building a market is something which you're building a Dvar Mitzvah, and therefore you shouldn't be mevaz it. But we want to take a little bit of the Jush and continue to say when a new couple builds a house, they should recognize what that purpose of the house is. They should make a fence around the gag. And the Chido already says gag, gagecha is bigmatria 26, which is the shame havaya. And a person should make a fence around the gag. What does that mean? That means the house, the, 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 the elevation of the house, the purpose of the house, the purpose of the building of a bayis nemem Yisrael is that it should be a masa gagecha. That the market should be the gagecha. That you should recognize the most important thing is is not the gashmius. Don't place the domim in the house. Don't make the money, the ikker. But You should make alukus, which is the shem havaya. That's what you should surround the house with. We know the famous word that the mashal already says when the shechina is when the shalom between the the, the husband and the wife. That the Shechina is Beinehem, because you have the Ish and the Isha, you have the Yud and the He. When you have Shalom and this peace and this tranquility, then the, 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 the fruits of the marriage will be successful because it's a, uh, it's a statement that we have the Shechina, we bring the Shechina, we bring the Ruchnis into the relationship. But if Chas Shalom, a person doesn't bring in the Ruchnis, takes out the Ruchnis, takes out Chasajon, the Shem Hashem, which is the Yud and the He, then you're left with the Ish, you're left with the Ish, without the Yud, the Isha, without the He, and all, all of a sudden you don't have the Yud and the He, and all, all you have left is Ish, is a fire, and then there's Machlaikas. So the, the first thing is for us to recognize that the building of a house is to build a house which is filled with, with a spiritual dimension, and when we have a spiritual dimension, we recognize that that's really what a Kodesh Baruch wants from us, not the Tomim Beisecho, then the house will be able to stand and there won't be in the Filah Chas Tosholim in the house. The, um, but when there's Machlaikas Chas then uh, it, it, it takes away from everything that's in the house. I saw brought down the Ksav Seifer brings down a Medrash. The Medrash says that when a person builds a Bayez Chodesh, then uh, we make a Bircha bruch, a Shechiyonu, why? Because we're oisim nachas ruch Special bircha shechiyona when you're building a new house. So in the building of a house of a chosen and kala, it's also the same thing. What's the concept that the house brings a nachas ruch right? Because a bias could be just an empty four walls with um, filled with all kinds of uh, furniture, all kinds of beautiful, beautiful things. But if, it, if it's devoid of what the purpose of the house is, which is to be able to spread chesed and to be able to spread Torah and to, be able to spread chinuch and to give tzedakah, then and the children that come out from this from this union, then the, what they see is they see a house which is a nachas ruach liyotzrei. Therefore, when a person is building a house, the intent is that it should be a nachas ruach liyotzrei, and the rem is is that the um, the rosh of the adam. Is, is also the Bayez Chodesh. The Gagecha represents the Gag of the person. And the person has to, 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 a person has to surround his head 
and to have gedorim in order that the head should remain pristine. As we know, the Pasuk says that hachacham eina b'roja, the chacham, his head is in the eyes and he's careful, especially in these days of Elul, we can translate it into the concept of the Kedusha Senayim, the Shmir Senayim, a person should shimer it. And uh, again, we want to tie it in with the um, the aspect of the, of the of the bias that the that the children are building that then when you have a new couple and the building house, they should make sure that this should be the aspiration of what they have. There's another Pasik in the Parsha, which you know the Parsha speaks a lot about Kedushin, but there's one Pasik that says Kiikach Ish Isha Chadasha, when a person takes uh, a, a new a new wife, Layatsebatsova, he shouldn't go out into war. So the simple understanding is he has to be his wife. He has to bring simcha to his wife. Those are the marital relationships that that a man is obligated to the wife. And the Sheikh Susvaina, the people that are learning Dafayaimi, there's a lot of the sugis that we're discussing these days. But um, there are others that say that no, Kikach Ish Isha Chadoshali Yetze Batsov is teaching us a Gavalika lesson. When you're going into a marriage, it's not Layetzit Latsova. You shouldn't chas v'sholem, look at it as a battle. Every person has his background, every person has his position, every person has his menhagim, the, the husband and the wife, they all come from different backgrounds. If you're going to go into it with the intent that we're going to have battles, I'm going to make the decision what happens in the house, then um, unfortunately it uh, becomes a battlefield, and the battlefields can cause a lot of collateral damage, as we say. How do we build a Jewish house with shalom, with nachas? Like we said in the brachas, a Jewish house is not a battlefield. A Jewish house is a house where when a person walks into it and a person is setting up his marriage in his new home, he's setting it up. I want to get used to the other person's um, personality. I want that every person, the husband and the wife, each one is getting used to each other. As we all know, Shana Rishayin is sometimes not simple. But this is the attitude that a person should have. I saw Maisa this morning, the Rabbi Leib Zatzal. Rabbi Leib Steinemann, when he got married to his wife, who was a bit tzaddikas, even when she was just getting married. So they wanted, Rabbi Leib, he wanted to have a certain chumra on Pesach, which is from the brisker, from Rabbi Chaim Brisker, that a person should only drink water that's meshumer, that is watched over, shouldn't have any chashash of chametz. Now this is, a very, very, it's a big chumrah. And he discussed it with his wife. And I said, for sure, should we want to do it? So the first Pesach, when they were preparing for Pesach, you know, she said that she was going to take care of it, and he went to shul. And then when he came home, he asked his wife, where's the, where's the Mayim Meshumrah? And she gave out a big sigh. You know, the first Pesach, when you're preparing the Seder table, and you're preparing all the food, she forgot to do it. And he saw that she was, you know, like, she forgot about it. So he said, ah, I'm telling you, it was just a chumrah. He immediately said, it's just a chumrah. It's fine, fine, fine without it. And, and, and we, ha- we can drink the regular water and it's, it's fine. And he calmed her down. For the rest of his life, he never, ever brought it up. Why? Because he always felt that if he'll bring it up, even if she'll be masculine, but she, she, would, she would have been masculine, but she would have had a little bit of pain and sorrow that the first time she didn't prepare it. After his wife was nifter, 
only that year after his wife was nifter, then he told his family, he told his, his children, his grandchildren, that he wanted to keep this chumr. And they asked him, Zaydi, you never kept this chumr before? And that's when he revealed the story. But we see what kind of attitude the Gedolim have with the relationship with their with their wives. Ripshlam Zalman, famous Ripshlam Zalman, ah, by his hespid, on, the hespid on his wife, I was there, and he said over the Minig and Klai, so the people asked Mechila from their spouses, he says, I have nothing to ask Mechila from my wife. And he wasn't saying it as a boast, he was saying it as a simple fact. We never ever had any sort of difficulties between each other. Now this is a great madrega, be very honest. <laughs> I myself and my Rebetzin, Baruch Hashem, living together for many, many years, to say that we can't, we shouldn't have to ask Mechila from each other would be an untruthful statement. Many, many times we might have disagreements, but we see what the attitude of G'dayim was. Rav Zalman had such a relationship with his wife that they had complete, complete harmony. And that's the aspiration that we want a young couple when they're building a Jewish home that they, this is what they should aspire for, to be able to look and to search for avenues, how they can relate to each other, how they can compromise, how they can see each other's qualities, how each person is really going to bring out the best amongst from the partnership that they're going to, to build together. And uh, this is a great, great lesson. I was over to see my Rebbe, Rebbe Moshe Feinstein, the great Gunnel Ador. Now in the summertime, he would go for walks in the country with the Rebbe in the morning, I myself was sitting with a Chavrusa, and we used to learn Tanakh, and Reb Moshe used to go for a walk with the rabbits, and we used to see them walking, and it was such a beautiful, beautiful thing to see them, two of them going for a 15, 20-minute walk in the countryside, and the rabbits would come back, she would pick flowers along the way, she was a very colorful personality, she liked flowers, and then after the rabbits and her, they were going to the, to the bungalow, Reb Moshe used to come over to myself and my Chavrusa, we were learning Navi, and he used to ask us kashas <coughs> on the Navi, and it was such a special, special relationship. But the most important thing is that we saw the relationship that the G'daylem had with their Rebetzins, that this is our bracha that we want for our chasen and kala. They should learn how to get to know each other. The Shana Rishayna should be a time period now where they find out how everyone's qualities are and how they can both mesh it together. In the parsha, we also speak about the Ben Sayra Meira. And the famous question which everyone asks, all the Mepharshim ask, is that the Ben Sayra Meira, we know as Nidan al Shem Saifa, a young boy who becomes an addictive personality and he begins to steal from his family. And then we're afraid he's going to go out and he's going to become a marauder. He's going to become an armed bandit in order to, 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 to fix his addiction and eats a certain amount of wine a certain amount of busser, and we end up skill, killing him. And the question is, he's, why are we killing him? He didn't do it. He didn't do. He didn't. He didn't transgress anything that should be high of misa. So there's a lot of different terutzim, but we'll just go now with the simple shot. Neither in shame so if he's judged for what we feel eventually is going to happen to him. If he, we see him that he's beginning this process of becoming a criminal, we're afraid in the end he's going to stand at the crossroads of the road. And he's going to become an armed robber and he's going to end up killing somebody. So the very famous statement, it's worthwhile to kill him while he is not yet obligated in the Misa, rather than killing him when he is obligated in the Misa. It means we're thinking about the future of what his Olam Habba is. 
Now again, this takes a lot of uh, insight. The Gemara tells us, according to some shittas, that the Ben Surimar Lahoyavalainivra, the Ben Surimar never ever happened. The the reason why we write in the Torah is Drush Utakaboschar. We should darshan it mumbum kaboschar. In in the past we've spoken about the Drush of the Kaboschar is is that even if the Ben Surimar doesn't actually happen, but inside of every single one of us there is an element of a rebellious child, and that's what we have to darshan, that's what we have to be Makaboschar. But the question that begs to be asked is that we know we're going to lay in Rosh Hashanah, the parsha of Yishmael, the son of Avram Avinu, who was banished together with his mother, Hagar. And uh, what happens is we read that parsha because in that parsha it says that eventually Kodesh Baruch Hu sends the Malach and she revives the child. And even though we know that Yishmael is going to become an enemy of the Jewish people, and it's going to be the, from the cruelest enemies. But we say, Bashir Husham. At that moment, he was a young child. He didn't have any sins. And that's what the element which HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks at. And this is a lesson for Rosh Hashanah. On the day of Rosh Hashanah, we have the ability to become like Yishmael, Bashir Husham. At that moment, when we cry out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we have a heartfelt feeling that we want to do tshuva from our chatoyim, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu will judge us favorably on that day. Question is, how does it fit with Ben Sarah and Myra? Well, we see we do judge for the future, so why don't we judge Yishmael for the future? The famous answers which the Sifzich HaChomim says and other Mepharshim say is, well, Yishmael didn't actually start out the process of sin. While over here by the Ben Sarah and Myra, he already started the process of sin. Ah, uh, when he's already started the process, then we can see what the trajectory is going to be with Nidin Hashem Seifer. Well, by Yishmael, he didn't do anything wrong. So therefore, we don't judge him disfavorably for that. Another terence is that there's a difference between Bezdin Shal Mata and Bezdin Shal Malo. In the Bezdin Shal Malo, they judge him only for those things that he does right now. Basher Rosham, he was innocent. While the Bezdin Shal Mata, they have the ability to judge for the future. That takes a little bit of explanation, but we want to just bring out a third terence, which we say over from Rosham Rav Shach. Rav Shach Zatzal says, the main element of why we 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 stone the Ben Sarah Murray is because Ainenu Shemeya Bakal Avin Bakal Imai. He's Ainenu Shemeya. He doesn't listen to his parents. His parents are trying their utmost to bring him as best as they can to Hakarish Baruchu, and he doesn't want to listen to them. He's a person that if a person doesn't have the Kaikh of Shmiya, then we know that at the end of the day he's going to become a full time criminal and he's going to kill innocent people, and therefore we have to get rid of them. Again, we don't know exactly when it applies, but we see that this is the concept, you're not a Shemeya, but Yishmael is called Yishmakel. Yishmael has the Kayach of Shmiya. When a person has the Kayach of Shmiya, then we judge him favorably for what he is right now. And this is a lesson, as we're in the month of Elo, and the month as we're saying, as we're trying to build a Jewish home, is that we should be Shemim, one of the great, great, ingredients which is needed for a healthy marriage is that people should hear each other, should hear what the other other party is saying. And if we do that, then we're, that's an ingredient for a very, very healthy a healthy uh, house for a person to, to build on. I saw just brought, brought, brought down an interesting Misa from Rav Sternberg, Shlita, should be Gesund Stark, that when he got married to his wife, 
we remember very well Rebbe Tzendavar Sternbuch. She was the daughter of a, what was considered one of the Gevirim of Bnei Brak, Rev Yaakov Shechter. He was a big tzaddik also. He was a big supporter of Torah and he used to help out poor people. And the wedding was going to be the wedding of Rev Sternbuch. It was then the, already the prize, Talmud Chacham, uh, and it was already no, very well known. He was close to the Chazanish and was close to the Briskarov, already his young boy, he was a tremendous Eloy. And Rav Sternbach said that his shver was worried that there might be an iron horror that we placed upon him. So in the chasna, in the house, so he took him to the, to the Belzer Rebbe, the old Belzer Rebbe, the Rebbe Aaron Rebels, and they went into the Aaron Rebels and they asked him in the Eitzah for iron horror, that there shouldn't be an iron horror in the house that they're about to build. So they say that the Belzer Rebbe told them that at the Suda that you're going to make, the Suda's Chasen Akala, the, the, the Simcha, that there should, you should invite at least two Aniyim, and the Chasen, and I guess the Kala, they should serve those members of the Aniyim's household, that they should make them feel like a million bucks, that they are an integral part of the Simcha. And when they themselves will be Isaac in Gemilas Chesed, Chasodim, by the Chasen, that will take away from the Ayin Hara. I don't know if our Chosen and Kala last night, if they had a name, but I do know that the house, the houses that they come from are houses which are filled with chesed, filled with kindness. I met someone last night, I have to say it over, someone that came to me and he said that he very, very uh, warm words about Rev Dugbear and his wife. There's a house that they're always filled with chesed and they help people. And we hope that those ingredients are the ingredients that this household that was being, is being, being built and the households that all of us are trying to build and the household that we're trying to house, we're trying to build for Elul. We try to build our new homes, be able to get back to our, our, our source of nachas ruach liyotzeroi, that they should be built with chesed and kindness and the v'asisa makele gagecha. It should be with a lot of gagecha, a lot of shame havaya, and there should be shalom, and if we'll have that, we'll be zoichem Hashem, that the Rabbani Shalom will be, give us bracha in our households. I want to give a bracha to everybody. It should be a gavaldika Shabbos, and as we have our simcha, we want to share it with you, and we hope that when you make a simcha, you'll share it with us. And we should be zoichem Hashem to the coming of Mashiach Tzidkeinu, Meher V'meinu Amen, wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, it would be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.